Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Hi, and welcome back to the Rethink Retail podcast. I'm sitting here together with Christina Marinucci from Mondelez. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. How do you find the show so far? I think it's great. Uh, this is like a, a big reunion as they always are. So lots of opportunities to connect with old colleagues, my current colleagues with Mondelez. We have a, a group of about 14 here, so it's great to congregate and then meet with our suppliers, obviously hear from industry experts and, you know, take a few tips home. And you were at Shop Park in Vegas a few weeks ago, right? I was not. I was there in September uh, at a grocery shop. And then yeah. I was here last year in London. Very good. So, Christina, I mean, it's, it's not hard to find a lot about you online. I mean, you're basically all out there, uh, very energetic and, you know, a lot of content and a lot of very insightful things that you share with you when you are at these different trade shows. But for someone that uh, haven't really read that much about you, can you briefly share a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. So 20 plus year veteran in FMCG, kind of started in data with IRI and then moved through different uh, industries within fast-moving consumer goods. So it was at m and Mars, spent some time at Pernod Ricard, Rekha Ben Kieser, and then went over to the uh, healthcare side of it. So it was with GlaxoSmithKline at Target for a bit, and then J&J, and most recently Mondelez, where I'm leading Global Shopper Excellence. So all about driving new capabilities and really evolving our frameworks to be omni-focused across revenue growth management, shopper insights, and e-commerce analytics. And you're, let's jump right into it. I mean, we're talking about omni-channel capabilities. We're talking about understanding the client. What does omni-channel or, you know, this this fusion between phys phys physical and digital mean? Digital, digital yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's about creating those seamless opportunities for our shoppers to connect with us in their terms. So go where they are, stop expecting them to come to us, but really engage with them on their terms, uh, anytime they want and on any channel, um, whenever. Yeah, and for your different brands, do you have like a best practice kind of setup? How do you work together and share experiences? Do some brands understand you know, Gen Z more? Do some brands have another kind of uh, palette of channels they use when they communicate, et cetera? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it needs to fit the brand identity, right? And we need to be authentic. So not every brand is targeting Gen Z, right? Not every brand should show up right now within the Mondelez universe in the metaverse, for example. I think it, the channel that you're engaging with and who you're targeting needs to be core to that brand identity, but not just planning for today, but keeping an eye on that future. So we all need to be thinking about Gen Z. I mean, they will be our, our shoppers. They will be that majority um, and have the buying power and be the household decision makers, right? In terms of those shoppers that we're targeting with our retailers. So I think across the board, they all are to some degree understanding, but in terms of activating against them currently, yes, it makes sense for like more of an Oreo maybe than a Belvita, for example, like Swedish Fish to be more playful and gaming versus like some of our other brands like Toblerone that are a bit more mature and more in the gifting space, more in the premium like personalization space. And how is it, would you say? I mean, now a lot of companies and brands are talking about trading capabilities, both internally 
but also understand the understanding the customer in which, as we said, channels they want to be in. When it comes to these new channels that Gen Z, for example, like to be in, which channels would you say that have been right for your products? And have you had any experiences from campaigns or, you know, lessons that haven't been that successful? <laughs> Um, I would say, you know, social. Social is where they're engaging and they're getting their content, they're getting their news, they're kind of getting their, their social um, dose, daily dose, right? So we want to interact there in very authentic ways, but that's not necessarily a brand message all the time. It can be a lifestyle message. It can be an occasion-based message around, you know, what's happening this weekend? What are those micro moments that they might be engaging in a snacking occasion? So is there you know, some type of seasonal event, is there, uh, is it nice weather where they may be outside picnicking, they may be at their kid's soccer game, they may need to bring a snack, an opportunity like that to connect with them. Is there an influencer who may be using some of our products in an ingredient, um, in a recipe that they're sharing that we can connect to, to show our brands in a more fun, a different way. So I think for us, it's about those opportunities, lifestyle and occasion-based, and not just a brand message all the time that we are connecting with the shoppers on their terms. And you're actually hitting a very interesting topic because if it's something we've heard for the last two days, it's, it's important how important content becomes. Yes. Because you want to be there for your client before and after the actual purchasing moment. So how do you guys work with content across the channels and across the brands? Because I'm assuming you are using different partners to provide your services. We are, right. So you mentioned it before, but we want to create that connected experience. So when you see Oreo, you know, on meta when you see them in store when you see it um, in a digital circular we wanted to have that same message and really connect and reinforce throughout those different parts of the journey so as we think about though upper funnel and how you might be thinking about oreo we're none we're very impulsive categories right most of the time we're going to be unplanned we're not going to be on that shopping list so it's important for us then to really disrupt that uh, shopping journey and find those opportunities to connect again, like above brand, even above category to be about those snacking occasions. So we're looking for opportunities to do that upper funnel and then hopefully in store reinforce that with those disruptive like displays that real time messaging, really engaging the five senses for you to find a, a, a reason to put those cookies in your cart. So that's how we think about those experiences. Like, where are you in that trajectory? What's the right message in that moment to tell our story, but always connecting it back to the brand identity. So it sounds like you've mapped the customer journey across the brands, right? We're trying, yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to innovation, because you're, you're hitting something very interesting there, and we're talking about kind of trying to reinvent the brands maybe and disrupt the, the category. Can you tell me a little bit about your workflow when it comes to innovation? What frameworks are you guys, do you have a framework? What frameworks are you working with? How do you see innovation at Mondelez? Yeah, so innovation, innovation is core to Mondelez and um, it's really about understanding those human behaviors and what is the insight that we can activate upon. I think for us, you know, we really want to infuse Shopper more into that conversation and we're on a journey to do that. We talk about like our path to world-class Shopper and it's really understanding those opportunities to bring like PPA and uh, implications on the packaging earlier into the innovation process so that we can really start with understanding the shopper because they are ultimately the gatekeepers to buying that product and then consuming it. Um, and we also wanna understand the category context of innovation. So innovation for us is should be incremental, not yeah. just incremental to our brands, but really incremental to the category. Like that is, that is the, 
the golden goose, if you will, that we're going after. We want to grow our categories along with our retailers. That's what's going to be meaningful to them. So we want to bring innovation forward that's going to bring in uh, the three mores, right? Either more people, uh, more money into the category, or more occasions where they can have an opportunity to buy us. So that's really how Shopper is looking at innovation. You mentioned packaging as well. If we look at it from a sustainable perspective and sustainability, like most companies today try to understand how they can become more sustainable, how they can understand and, you know, reinvent themselves to become more circular, like more than the actual product, the service. Yeah. How do you work with innovation uh, from the sense of sustainability? And if you use, for example, packaging as an example, how important is it for you to have that lens of sustainability in all your verticals? It's very important, uh, you know, Mondelez in general, that is part of our Vision 2030. It's one of our uh, core pillars in terms of our roadmap to growth. So we have sustainable initiatives across the business. And, you know, one of the things is our cacao life, and that is on many of our packages in terms of understanding the traceability of our products, where it's coming from, the ingredients, et cetera. I think we still have a lot more to do. There's a lot of runway for us to uh, be more shopper forward with some of those messages and especially partner with our retailers. Uh, I saw some inspiration from India, actually, I think it was Unilever that partnered with them on refillable plastics and having these filling stations in the retail stores, which creates opportunities like, you know, for both Unilever, for the customer, for the shopper. Yeah. So uh, it's things like that, that we, we also want to bring that inspiration in and find a way to create more meaningful sustainability. I think that's, that's the other thing. We don't want to just come out and do that because everyone's kind of checking the box on being sustainable right now, but what, what's going to create meaning ultimately for our shoppers and consumers? Definitely. What would you say is the three main areas of focus for you on a daily basis? Yeah, sure. Um, so for me, it's still a lot of education around you know, the importance of omnichannel and like digitally influenced sales. Most of our sales are still happening in store, but they're being influenced online. It's really shifting that mindset. Uh, you know, in a in a very traditionally focused in-store industry. I think the other one is around category growth stories and creating opportunities for our brands to grow our categories because that's really the unlock for us where category is growing and we are disproportionately winning share there. That's how we want to grow profitably. And I think the third is continuing to understand the right tools and data that we need to really activate on insights. We have so much data available, but what's the right data and how do we start from the business question, the business opportunity, and then think back from there and map our data sources to that and then let the rest kind of fall away and deprioritize because it, it can't just be additive. We really need to simplify and prioritize and organize it in a way that's going to be more meaningful to us. That's really interesting. And when it comes to, we, we talked about products, right? When it comes to product versus experience, how much do you involve the clients when creating new products and how much do you actually jump on trends because they already exist? What's yeah. the balance there? Uh, it's a good question. I think there, there's probably a good mix of doing both, right? We want to get more towards the other one being more proactive, really understanding as trends are coming down, speaking to our retailers about what are you hearing? Like, what are other suppliers telling you? What are your industry peers uh, sharing with you as well? And then make it more of that va co-creating value together and be honest with them. As we think about those category growth stories that I talked about, 
you know, there are places where we aren't going to play today and that are going to be further down the horizon. And that's okay. And I think having that transparent conversation with our customers, with our retailers and saying, you know, this is how the ultimate category is going to grow. We can help you deliver in, you know, one, two, three ways today. And we're planning for, you know, these other ways in the next three or so years. And then longer term, we really want to build a roadmap to get there with you if you see growth here as well. So I think that's what that's our vision. That's our goal. We're doing a lot to get there right now, but we still we have work to do. I guess that's a good start. (laughs) And what would you say is are the two main challenges right now that you see within the industry? Within the industry, I think just the um, the overload of data and the demand on manufacturers to spend more on data, especially with retail media, like the minimums there and um, that being a prerequisite to our partnerships and our trade spend. I think that needs to change. We need to have more transparency going both ways and more of a collaboration and understand what the right places to spend are, what the right, again, channels and messages are to engage our shoppers and do that with our retailers and not just be about monetizing, right, for the sake of monetizing. I think that's a huge challenge. I think another yeah. huge challenge is still the divide between online and offline. You're you're very much still seeing that there are silos that exist and we need to really like break those down and just think just think omni. And then again, what is the what are we trying to build towards? Like what's the utility? What is going to make this engagement sticky, make our shoppers engage and continue to engage with us and then build those categories. If we start with that framework, which we usually don't, then we can build back to say, okay, what's the right way to do it? What's the right data? What's the right partner? What's the right channel? Instead of it just being, you know, spend here or spend there. But could you give an example of one way to break that down and actually try to do it omni? Yeah, I think, you know, how you organize your teams is one way to yeah. do it. So if you organize your teams around those business opportunities and really bring together a cross fertilization of uh, both internal, like functional uh, groups, as well yeah. as the external customer view and really integrate, you know, marketing and sales into that conversation early on. Even in my team shopper, we're no longer, you know, offline, online, we are omni and everyone should be thinking in that more hybrid approach. Yeah. I think that's, you know, organizationally one way to do it and, and try to combat that. That's, that's really good. And once again, you, you scratched the topic on retail media networks. I'm not mm-hmm. sure we should even enter that, but I mean, that's obviously something that we see now, the industry really trying to understand and expand with yeah. Uh, but, you know, lastly and very briefly, when it comes to retail media, and I mean, of course, you guys have been doing this for some time now, mm. but what do you see will happen there that will affect your business maybe exponentially? I think the transparency on data. So if we're going to spend X, it has to be a reciprocal relationship where we're going to get back something. Why? Right. Why? Yeah. So we have to understand what that spend is getting us. There needs to be more transparency and more measurement around the results of that and how we're looking to say, was it successful or not? I think there's probably gonna be proliferation amongst the retail media, only the strong will survive, right? Um, but I think that's all coming and you know, it's par for the course. And we're putting pressure on you know, those investments now to really understand them better and prove out their value. And I think it, it before was just very one way and you know, we were kind of coming up to the table and doing what was asked, but now it's it's going to be more of a two-way negotiation. I think that's the, the next change that has to come. And yeah. it, it has to do that 
not just for the benefit of manufacturers or, or retailers, but also shoppers. And they're being overloaded with messages. They will, they've already disconnected and they will continue to disconnect and it will be less meaningful if we don't kind of get ahead of it and optimize. Interesting, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. On a final note, on a more personal level, what's the best thing or what's the, what's the aha moment that you feel that you've got here these last two days now? Is there anything that you bring with you by now? Yeah, yeah. We've focused so much on, you know, the foundations of digital activation and search. And what I've heard is just the amount of investment that our retailers have put in terms of that digital ecosystem, right? And they are getting very sophisticated in their algorithms. Um, so much so for a company that's like us, that's more about unplanned, that we really need to think beyond those typical investments in digital and even go you know, up more upper funnel to create those moments that are gonna be meaningful for shoppers to engage with us because there's so much that goes into that equation now. It's not just about having the right title or the right pictures or the right bullets, descriptions, SEO, SEM. All that is being influenced by retailers also because of their investments and you know, making a margin and you know, the picking costs. There's so much that goes into it that's on their side that we can't influence. So when we take a step back and think about those things we can influence from my side, uh, I'm just like, wow, okay, maybe that is, you know, we need to do that. Those are kind of table stakes at this point, but to really drive those incremental occasions and growth in the category, we need to be thinking outside of that, right? And like I said, those engagement opportunities that are going to, you know, make sense to shoppers and also build baskets, which is going to make sense, hopefully, for our retailers to build categories together. I totally agree with you. And I think that now this whole plethora of, generative AI and mm. the new way we search things and the new way we get influenced through different channels. Yes. That's going to really affect the way we both as consumers look for products, consume products, but definitely how retailers and brands actually try to build that, maintain that relationship. Yeah. And I think just speaking to those table stakes, like understanding um, AI and like ChatGPT and what they were talking about today, I mean, they can essentially do P PDPs for us now, like write the content, write the description, embed the keywords. So like I said, table stakes, let, let it do that. Let it do that because, you know, for me, that's not going to drive the incremental value that we need. And then we can spend the time on more of the strategy and the partnerships, the collabs that are going to really drive that incremental growth. Creativity. So it's just a, a shift in, in focus, right, for marketers and, and sales professionals. Definitely, definitely. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you as well. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.